You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Going A's fans and welcome to episode 211 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, Jed Lowry re-signs with the A's. I'm going to go over why this is a no-lose situation for the A's and also give some thoughts on innings limits in 2021 and how they could play a big role for every team in the majors and the minors. So that's what's coming up for you guys today. Make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason and be on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Um, I had a whole thing written out and then there was rumors that Matt Chapman might get traded uh, according to some radio station in New York. And after reading the article, it's not happening. They were like, yeah, we, we heard a rumor and they are in New York radio. They made that up. I mean, is Matt Chapman going to get traded at some point? I mean, if you pay attention to A's history over the course of uh, all of it, then yes, he will get traded at some point. I don't think that that point is necessarily upon us just yet. At the very earliest, it'll be the trade deadline. So we got a few more months of Matt Chapman until uh, we see. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that it'll be next winter. For right now, we got a chance. We're not giving up on 2021 yet, but that's uh, that's for another day. What I want to talk about today is Jed Lowry and uh, basically the A's bringing Jed Lowry back on Wednesday. I had this all written out, then my back went out, so I didn't record it last night, but I'm recording it right now. So here we go. Uh, The A's brought back fan favorite and doubles machine Jed Lowry on a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is. And granted, I have not seen contract details anywhere out there. So uh, my assumption is that it's a big league minimum salary at the very most. He's getting paid half a million dollars. It's not a big expenditure for what Jed Lowry could bring to the Oakland A's in 2021. Um, and maybe there's going to be some contract escalators in there. If he, you know, makes the team or he meets certain, if he hits like 30 doubles or whatever, maybe there's stuff like that built into the contract. But, uh, as of right now, it's maybe half a million dollars. It's a very low cost of acquisition for the A's and, uh, Jed Lowry has played very well in Oakland and only in Oakland. So until he doesn't do well with the A's. I'm willing to say that he's going to be fantastic and probably an MVP candidate. (laughs) Anyways, this is Jed Lowry's third stint with the A's, uh, but this is only the first time that he has actually agreed and signed a contract with the Oakland A's. The first time he came over was in a trade with the Houston Astros, and that was the one that sent uh, Chris Carter, Brad Peacock, and Max Stassi to the Strohs for Jed Lowry and Fernando Rodriguez Jr. All of those players ended up making the, the big leagues, so it worked out for everybody. I think it worked out better for the A's, because Chris Carter hit dangers, but he struck out a whole lot. I think he set the major league record a few times, and then uh, he went to the Brewers, and then he was never heard from again. Well, I mean, he made it to Oakland again, and then was never heard from again. Anyways, keep it on track with Jed Lowry. After the 2014 season with the A's, Jed Lowry signed back to become a, a member of the Houston Astros yet again. He played in just 69 games in 2015. 47 of those games came at third base, and then with Alex Bregman on the way to H-Town, as they like to call it in Houston, he was traded to the A's yet again, and this time he was going to play second base for Oakland. Oakland sent over right-hander Brendan McCurry 
in uh, over to Houston in that deal. And then this last winter in 2020, this one that we just are still kind of going through, I guess, um, McCurry hit the free agent market and signed a minor league deal of his own with the Angels. So uh, if you want to have some Ramon Laureano getting hit again, but only this time with Brendan McCurry and Jed Lowry, that's the guy. Watch out for him if he makes it to Anaheim or Los Angeles, wherever they want to say that they're from. Moving on. In his five seasons with the A's, Jed Lowry has hit a combined 271 with a 341 on base and averaged 35 doubles a year, including his record setting 49 doubles with the A's in 2017. Obviously, Jed Lowry is two years older and he's going to be playing in his age 37 season. That's usually not a recipe for success for big league ball players that are, you know, fine, but not, you know, even Albert Pujols, who was a god among men. He's a shell of himself. So, is Jed Lowry going to be good? I don't know. Probably not. But let's see. He's had success with the A's. So I'm I'm buying into that just a little bit. Um, but I mean, since he's left Oakland, he's had all of eight plate appearances across two seasons. That could mean that he's a huge injury risk, which he is. But it also could mean that he's very fresh because he hasn't played in two seasons. So maybe he's still kind of the player that we last saw. I'm being very optimistic. I'm trying to buy into this one as wholeheartedly as I can. Um, but I'm, he, he, had, he doesn't have more wear and tear than he had when he left is basically my point there. Uh, has he aged? Sure. Is he probably going to be rusty? Yeah, because he hasn't played in two years. So I'm not really expecting him to come in and be a 120 WRC plus player like he was in the last season that he was with the A's. Uh, if he plays at league average, that's a win for the A's. Obviously, they're not paying him. Remember this. They're not paying him very much to play for the A's. See if he has anything left in the tank. And I think that the, the entirety of this contract and his stint with the A's is going to be fully dependent on how quickly he can make the adjustments to having two years off and aging a couple of years in those time. Is he a little bit slower with the bat? We're going to find out uh, how healthy he ends up being is going to play another big role because if he's not healthy, then he's not helping the team and then they can just cut him because he didn't cost them money. They cut Billy Butler. Remember that? They can cut Jed Lowry. <laughs> Billy Butler, A's legend. Uh, so we're going to figure out what his next stint ends up looking like. We'll probably get a decent look at this in spring training. Uh, there is certainly upside here with Jed Lowry, and there's basically zero downside, if you ask me, because of the money that's attached to it. And basically, at the very worst, Pinder and Kemp, or pick your two favorites for the second base competition, they end up in a platoon. That You have a platoon at second base, and then the DH spot can be used to give the fourth outfielder a rest. Maybe they use Piscotti at DH uh, and keep him a little bit more healthy instead of using Jed Lowry as the DH. And with Chris Davis gone, you could use uh, Stephen Piscotti against lefties, something that they were not able to do with Chris Davis in the lineup. So maybe he stays a little bit healthier and his splits against lefties have been pretty solid. So maybe you get more production out of him. Um, trading Chris Davis, while I loved him as an Oakland A, has opened up some different possibilities for the A's in their roster construction and just how they fill out the lineup each and every day. And uh, I think that it's going to be very interesting. But switching back over to Jed Lowry, since that's who I wanted to talk about, uh, the bright side for Jed Lowry has two tiers. The first tier is that Bob Melvin uses him at the DH spot, which is something that I mentioned on Saturday's pod after uh, the Andrews trade. I said, go get Jed Lowry, because, and here's why. You got first tier, use him as the DH. And then that bleeds into the second tier, which is that Jed Lowry is somehow healthy enough to handle a share of the A second base duties, which feels like one of the few spots on the lineup in the lineup that they could use an upgrade in still. And if he can be either an upgraded DH or an upgraded second base, then 
that is an upgrade overall for the Oakland A's in 2021. I know he's 37, but he's still got some juice in the tank, I think. We're going to find out in spring training. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He's a familiar face in the clubhouse. He's a veteran. There is no downside to offering a player like Lowry, who has ties to Oakland after a couple of stints with the team, a half a million dollars to see what he can do for the club that he's had a ton of success with and he's been able to stay healthy with. And if he doesn't stay healthy or produce, then he's this year's version of bringing back Brandon Moss for spring training and then the A's lose literally nothing by bringing him in. Uh, it didn't affect that club whatsoever. You see if he's got something that can help your team for even a short stint. And uh, that's what they did with Jed Lowry here. So from my perspective, this little signing could have big ramifications for the 2021 A's or it could mean nothing, which is exactly what it cost them. The past couple of days, I've been joking on Twitter that the A's should go and bring back Joanna Cespedes next. And while I think he could be a good fit and I'd love to see him back in the green and gold, I don't think that he's going to be a fit with what the A's need on their roster right now because he's basically only able to play DH and they need those spots open for Piscotti or Lowry or whoever else, uh, you know, if uh, Mark Cannon needs a day off or, or they want to get an extra lefty in with uh, Blaze Tom over there uh, as, you know, the rule five pick. Uh, I don't think that there's room for Cespedes on the roster with the Lowry signing. My wife disagrees and says that there is always room for Cespedes on the roster, so we'll see who's right. <laughs> but I'm excited about this Lowry deal. Even if he drops off in his league average or even a little bit below, Chris Davis had been 20% worse than league average the last two seasons, and Lowry will probably be an upgrade there at the very least, and potentially over Tony Kemp as well, who is one of the second base, uh, he's in the second base mix as we currently sit. Chad Pinder has a little bit more pop, so I think that he wins the battle between Chad Pinder and, uh, I was going to say Brett Lowry. Wow, that took me back for a sec. And Jed Lowry, but I think that if Jed Lowry is decent, if he's okay, then he's a, a, a nice addition for the A's, and if he's not, then... It cost them nothing, and uh, they can just move on and go with the plan as scheduled. So uh, next week, I'm going to go over a couple of guys that I think that the A's could be trading for some upgrades in other spots and also go over everything that has happened this winter to get you ready for 2021. So be on the lookout for those. But coming up on this episode, the A's signed Mike Fires, and there's a reason for that, believe it or not. I'm going to give you the thought process behind re-signing the guy with a 404 ERA and limited upside. So stay locked in with Locked on A's, and I'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you guys by Bet Online. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football may be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. You can also do MLB futures if you desire, but Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag. Today's show is also brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I know what that one is. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. 
prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us box to let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com we're covering everything you need to know about the A's, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On A's Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like here in podcasts. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. Usually I don't plug the socials super hard, but right now uh, there was news like the, the Chapman trade rumor. And I'm not going to talk about it much. I gave my quick, you know, two cents on the podcast at the beginning of this episode, but uh, I gave a little bit more detail on our Twitter handle just because... I wanted to calm people down, I, I feel like. Um, so if you want quicker news, follow us at Locked On A's, and uh, I got you covered over there. But um, going back to the topic at hand right here, and it's Mike Fires. If you found yourself wondering why the A's would bring back Mike Fires, a pitcher that they have hidden from the Astros and the playoffs since joining the team, then you are not crazy. Fires is not a big strikeout guy, and his fielding independent pitching, or his FIP, generally sits around five, but he's been closer to league average in his two and a half seasons with the A's, holding an exactly four Oh, oh, ERA. Is he great? No, he's not great. Do you want him pitching in the playoffs? Not necessarily. And he's definitely not going to be winning any Cy Youngs with his numbers, but he's also not going to gut your chances on any given day. And most importantly, he's not going to gut the A's bullpen in any given start. It'll happen occasionally, but not very often. He can give you five innings at the very least, and uh, that, that's good on him. And that's why the A's got him. He's generally good for 150 to 180 innings in a season. He's entering his age 36 season, so his arm is built up and can handle a little bit of variance better. My main point here is that after a shortened 2020 season, having a guy like Mike Fires on your team could be a huge factor. And this goes for every team. It's going to be a thing that's talked about that it's not being talked about just yet. Um, but it's it's coming. As soon as spring training starts, maybe we got to get a couple of weeks into it. But you'll be hearing about this shortly, uh, I, I would imagine. And if you don't, then journalists are just not doing their job. But back to the point. Uh, the league leader in innings pitch last season was Lance Lynn. And that's probably because every time that he faced the A's, he he went nine innings and Lynn had 84 innings pitched. Even in today's game, you want your starters to go around 150 innings over the course of a full season. And there's going to be a very large swath of pitchers that cannot go from even 84 innings to 150 from year to year. It's just not how the arm is built. You're either going to see a bunch of Tommy Johns or a bunch of guys that are being ineffective or, you know, r random couple of starts that you got to miss here and there, arm fatigue, stuff like that. And Depth is going to be challenged, and that's something that uh, I think that, you know, Mike Fires guards against a little bit. He's an older guy. If his arm falls off, sure, whatever, but he can give you some innings, and I'll get into some of the math on how you cover those innings here in a few minutes. First, let's make this a little bit more A-specific. The A's team leader in innings pitch last year was Chris Bassett. You know how many innings he had? 63. Do you think he can go 150 out of the gate? I don't. Maybe. 
but he hasn't done a ton of work like that before. He's been a swingman before. He hasn't had those big innings limits before, and I don't know that you can expect him to go 150 with, you know, out of second thought. I know that teams are probably considering stuff like this. They've been having them train uh, during the offseason in a different way to build up the arm strength and all that stuff. It's not a regular offseason because last year wasn't a regular season by any means, but I, I don't know how deep pitchers are going to be able to go, and I think that it's going to have a big impact on the later months in the season. Again, team's depth is going to be tested. There are going to be injuries. Pitchers' arms are just not equipped to be stretched that far. It's My analogy here is it's like training for a marathon. You train and train and train, and then you run the marathon, or in this case, pitch an entire big league season. Then you recover, and then you start spring training for your next marathon, and you train and train and train, and you, you run that next marathon. And sometimes you set new records. Sometimes your time is a little bit slower, but you finish the marathon each and every time. Now imagine that in between your last marathon and this one, all you were allowed to do in between was run one 5K, and otherwise you've been walking a few miles a day. Your stamina is not going to be there to finish your next marathon. And I may be downplaying how much work has been done in between the marathons or, you know, baseball seasons. But the point is that starters arms just aren't going to be built up enough to complete full seasons, at least at the high volume. Like Garrett Cole may be an exception. Uh, um, Jacob deGrom may be an exception, but guys like the A's have, the Mike Fires, the Frankie Montas, the Jesus Lozardos, those guys are going to suffer a little bit, and I don't know what we can necessarily be expecting out of them as a rotation. They have all the potential in the world to be a really decent, underrated starting rotation. Am I expecting a ton of them? We're going to have to wait and see, I think. And this isn't just an A's problem. It, it's going to be in every clubhouse, unless you have some elite guys, and as we've seen before, even elite pitchers can be susceptible to Tommy John and, you know, injuries and all that stuff. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is usually on the IL for a period of time, but most teams don't have the amount of depth that the Dodgers do to combat some of that. Uh, and that's going to be the tricky part for every other team besides like the Dodgers and the Padres who have all of the pitchers and they're going to go have an arms race quite literally. Haha. <laughs> um, so innings wise, here's the math for you guys. Every team is going to have to fill roughly 1,458 innings. That is nine innings per game with 162 games. There's going to be extra inning games, obviously, and there could be some losses on the road. So where you only pitch eight innings. So I feel like those kind of cancel each other out for this exercise. It could be, you know, you have to fill up 1,500 innings, but 1,458 is the baseline that I'm working with here. There's also probably going to be some seven inning double headers. So Maybe it's a little bit lower. I don't know, but I'm saying 1458 just because that's baseline math. That's what we're working with. It's between 1400 and 1500. It's my guess, but I'm going right in the middle here. That means that there are 1458 innings that need to be filled. If the bullpen can handle 558 of those innings, which may be a little too high, but for this exercise, let's say that they can fill 558 of those innings or roughly 56 innings over the course of 10 different relievers, which means that you're calling guys up. Guys are getting hurt. Guys are getting interchanged. I, you're probably going to use 13, 14 guys given how baseball is today. But let's say it's 56 innings for 10 guys. It could be one guy gets 10 and the one guy gets 70, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, that's what we're going with here, because the important thing is that that leaves 900 innings for starting pitchers. And for five pitchers, that is 180 innings pitched. And that's if nobody gets hurt. That's 180 innings for every you know, all five of your starters. And it's 150 innings for six starters, but that's still a lot of innings for a six starter to take on. So signing Mike Fires isn't necessarily a flashy move, but I feel fairly confident that he can stay healthy and give the A some productive innings and hopefully 
not have Luzardo needing to pitch 150, 160 innings. Maybe he can finish around 120 and they can use some of their depth in order to keep Luzardo fresh for hopefully a playoff run. That's what I think that this Mike Fires deal is doing. And sticking with Jesus Luzardo here, am I certain that he can go from 55 innings pitched in 2019 to 59 in 2020 and then go throw 150? Not necessarily. Frankie Montas topped out at 137 innings in AAA in the big leagues in 2018, then totaled 96 in 2019 and 53 last season. Even in the minors, he's only pitched over 100 innings three times, including the one that I just mentioned, and he's been a pro since 2010. Well, what I'm saying is the A's depth in the starting rotation is going to be tested. They're going to need Grant Holmes, Dalton Jeffries, and James Caprillian to fill in at times. Uh, when? We'll see. Hopefully it's, you know, by the time we get to like May and June, so they get a little bit of time to acclimate, uh, get their stuff working a little bit more because uh, they haven't been able to face actual competition in over a year. And I mean, sure, there was short stints for Caprillian and uh, Dalton Jeffries last year in the big leagues, but not enough. And Grant Holmes probably needs some time to get, get his legs back under him. But those three guys are going to probably be the next three guys up in the rotation if anybody needs to be used from the minor leagues. And then maybe they go with non-roster starters like Christian Alvarado or Domingo Acevedo too. Uh, they've both shown some promise in the minor leagues in previous seasons. Uh, Acevedo was a pre, uh, previously a very highly touted Yankees prospect. Maybe he just, uh, he gets some different coaching from the A's. Maybe he turns it around. I'm excited about both those guys. They're also going to need to lean on their bullpen guys at times too. And that's one reason why I think that Yusmero Petit makes a lot of sense as a return candidate for the A's. Uh, at some point, they're going to have to resign him because it, Nobody else has, and it just feels like it's inevitable at this point. He's another guy that just, Bob Melvin just trusts, and he can be leaned on to mop up a bunch of innings. Maybe you use him a little bit differently in the playoffs so that he doesn't get hit around, because uh, he was the main guy that got hit around in uh, a couple of big series. And if you can avoid him using him in the playoffs while you build up other guys throughout the course of the regular season, you find other horses to get you in the playoffs, then I think that he'd be a great fit for the Oakland A's. Um, I, I know that he doesn't throw hard and, you know, sometimes he gets hit a little bit harder, but you know, Hey, he's done it before. He, he has some smoke and mirrors about him and I, I'm into it at this point. Why not? Uh, the A's need a veteran in their bullpen and the A's bullpen doesn't have a lot of surefire arms at the moment either. And they've added a bunch of interesting arms though, like Nick Turley, who's probably going to be on the team because he's out of options. You got Cole Irvin, who's on the 40 man roster. Some, something about him. I, I like him. I don't know why, but I like him. You got the rule five pick and Danny Jimenez. Uh, they also have some intriguing non-roster guys like Diolos Guerra, who uh, I talked about a couple uh, last week, I believe. And then Trey Supak. Uh, those are a couple non-roster guys that could see some time in the big leagues just as non-roster guys currently. So with all of these names that I've given you in the last like minute and a half, I, that's why I don't think that AJ Puck is necessarily going to be starting the season in Oakland because with his injury history, they're going to definitely have to slow play him coming to Oakland and make sure that he's ready to go before throwing him to the Wolves. You want to get the most productive innings out of AJ Puck that you can, if you, especially with that injury history. And I think that he's going to end up being a bullpen piece. And if he's a bullpen piece, then all of a sudden there's some real upside down in there in the bullpen. And then I'm intrigued by the A's bullpen, especially with the guys like Nick Turley. I don't know why I like Nick Turley. I, I like spin rates and 
Nick Turley has spinning rates. That's why I'm excited about him. Uh, other than that, I don't know. We'll, we'll see, I guess. But anyways, this is a storyline that I'm going to be keeping an eye out for uh, just across baseball. So I'll keep you guys uh, informed on this. Uh, in 2020, people were saying that the team that avoids a COVID outbreak has the best chance at winning the whole thing. And this year, it's going to be injuries, especially pitching injuries. Which pitchers miss a start or two rather than a month or two? That's going to be what decides division races and potentially the postseason. But uh, that is all the wisdom that I have for you guys today. Keep your ear out for my 2021 primer and a couple of guys that could hit the trade block coming to your ear holes next week. So until then, stay indoors and celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks and I will talk to you guys soon.